Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. How much do you love your Savior? Now, of course, it's easy to answer that question with words. So perhaps a better way to think of it is this way. Does your life reflect the love that you have for your Savior? It is important that we demonstrate our feelings. We need to tell people how we feel and also to show them with our actions. So again, does your life reflect the love that you have for your Savior? Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Luke and chapter 7. The book of Luke and chapter 7. Now, when this section begins, Messiah is no longer at his home, but rather we see that he was invited to one of the homes of a Pharisee. And we see that as he came into this house to eat, there was also an uninvited guest, a woman within that city. And she was known as a sinner, but she came in and she brought with her some costly ointment. And what did she do? She demonstrated her love to him. And remember, he had been speaking about the kingdom of God and also about forgiveness. And she understood that he was sent into this world in order to save her. And she demonstrated that appreciation. She demonstrated her love for him and what he was about to do. And how did she do that? She wept over his feet. And it was her tears that moistened his feet. And with the very hair from her head, she dried his feet. And then she anointed him with this costly ointment and perfume. Yes, she did indeed demonstrate her love for him. So again, when people look at you, do they see love within you for our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua? Do they see a commitment to him? Because who you love, you're going to obey. That's what it means to be a disciple. That is how someone demonstrates that Yeshua, Jesus Christ, is our Lord. Well, as I said, look with me to this seventh chapter, because what we have seen is that Pharisee, Shimon, what has he done? When he saw this, he said to himself, and this is important, he didn't proclaim it verbally, he simply said it to himself. He thought it, in other words. And he said, if this one, referring to Yeshua, was truly a prophet, he would know what type of woman it is 
that is touching him so he had negative thoughts concerning yeshua doubting his identity and what happens well yeshua being the very son of god and what does that mean being divine he's god and he knew what this one was thinking and we're going to begin our study with yeshua's response to this one called simon and we're going to see his name shimon in hebrew has great significance look with me to verse 40 and yeshua answered he said unto him shimon i have for you something to say and again this is in response to shimon's thoughts he didn't say it verbally he just thought it to himself but yeshua as god he knows all things now what was shimon's initial response he says to the teacher speak meaning he wants to hear what yeshua has for him verse 41 this is yeshua's response and he's going to teach shimon a biblical truth a truth from god revelation in other words through a parable verse 41 two debtors there were to a certain creditor so we're going to see that there's a man and he loaned two individuals a certain amount of money to one notice what the scripture says to one he owed 500 denarius now a denaria is one day of labor for a typical a common worker so this one debtor he owed 500 days of labor in order to pay off that debt but to the other it says only 50 verse 42 but they did not have to give now that's a idiom what it means is this that they did not have in order to pay off that debt they could not make the payments they were unable to return the money both of them and what did this creditor do well notice what it says to both of them equally so they both were debtors they had a different amount of debt but they both were debtors and it says to both of them he forgave therefore which of these he said messiah said will love him more now a rather simple question one owed 500 denarius the other only 50. this creditor seeing the situation that neither one of them could return that payment in order to pay off their debt and what did he do to both of them he forgave and by the way that word forgive in the greek language is derived from the same word for grace and we see therefore there's a connection between grace being given and also forgiveness 
And this puts a very significant context for us because Messiah's work, yes, he is going to give grace and it's only through that grace and hear that carefully, only through that grace can one experience forgiveness. So he says to Shimon, I'm speaking about Yeshua, teaching through this parable, he says, to which one of these will love him the most? Will have more love for this one who forgave? Verse 43. And Shimon answered, he said, I suppose that to him more was forgiven. So the one who receives more forgiveness, that that higher debt was now canceled out just like the other one, but because this higher debt was, was more significant. He says, it is my opinion, I suppose, and this word for supposing means to give something much consideration and arriving at a decision, an answer, a response. And he says here, the one who was forgiven more. And Yeshua responded, look at the last part of verse 44 where he says, and he said to him, this is Yeshua speaking, he says, orthos. Now, orthos is where we get the term orthodontics or orthodox. And it's simply a word which means straight. And in this context, it means that which is correct or right. So what Messiah is saying is this. I've given you a set of circumstances and correctly, straightly, you have, and notice this last part, you have judged. So Shimon was given a set of circumstances. And in looking at this, he judged correctly. He arrived at the proper, the right, the straight decision. Verse 44. Now, after saying this to Shimon, this Pharisee, notice what the scripture says, verse 44. And being turned, now, having said this, he was turned, meaning Yeshua said this, and after hearing what Shimon said, a right response, he is turned towards this woman and he says, Simon, look at this woman. I have entered into your house, but water for my feet you have not given. But she, and remember this word, but. It's a word of contrast. Now, Shimon, his name means to hear, and not just hear, but be able to perceive or to understand and respond properly. And Messiah is challenging him based upon what he's teaching him to make the right decision, arrive again at the right conclusion, to judge the situation properly. Now, why is he doing this? Very simply. Shimon has contempt for this woman. Remember what he said as we concluded our study last week. How he said, if Yeshua was truly a prophet, he would know what type of woman it is 
that's touching him. And from that statement, it's clear that Shimon did not think kindly. He was not giving consideration to this woman's feelings, her needs, and such. But Yeshua wants him to look at this situation and look specifically at her differently. And may I suggest to you that you and I were both the same. We both need to look at people differently. Not from our perspective, not judging what seems right in our eyes, but doing so full of grace, especially that grace that we have received from God, from his son, our savior. We have been forgiven. And are we gracious to others? Well, this is what Yeshua is challenging Shimon to be gracious. And grace also involves compassion being able to sympathize with that other individual and not look at everything from your perspective but look at it as well from the perspective of the other person so he says to shimon from the time that i have entered into your house water you did not give me for my feet but she she with tears has moistened my feet and with her hair the hair of her head she has wiped meaning she has dried them so she has out of emotion weeping out of humility and remember what we said last week in this culture and not much has changed in this culture a woman's hair was of great importance Remember what we read elsewhere in the New Testament, that a woman's hair is her glory. She wasn't thinking about herself. She was using her hair to dry Yeshua's feet after wetting them with her very tears. And what else is said? We find that that verse 46, oil, for my head you have not anointed so with oil my head you have not anointed but she once again in contrast to that but she with myrrh and that is the word for this costly ointment or perfume it was very expensive and this woman used that costly perfume as a way of demonstrating showing giving something tangible that she was appreciative that she was broken she was grieved about her sin and she was grateful for the message that yeshua was proclaiming about the kingdom and how god is willing to forgive all people in order that they could be redeemed and experience that that kingdom life that kingdom eternity so she with myrrh anointed my feet verse 47 therefore on account of this i say to you and notice what he says her sins many now when we look at this in the original language it speaks about her many sins but the many is emphasized 
Yes, indeed, she is a sinner. Yes, she is known by that in that city. But Messiah, he's offering her a new opportunity. One that begins with forgiveness. One that ends with kingdom eternity. What a wonderful gift. And it all comes from the grace of God. Therefore, Yeshua speaks concerning this woman, and he says, I say to you, and here he's speaking to the crowd, and he says, her sins, many, so her many sins, he says, they are forgiven. Now, this word forgiven in the grammatical tense is used to show that they are forgiven and they will continue to be forgiven. God doesn't give grace and take it back. One is not regenerated and then becomes unregenerated, meaning one's not born again, born into this new kingdom experience and has it removed. I was listening to someone. This person, he has passed away, but a popular Bible teacher. And he was quoting from Matthew 24 and verse 13, where he says, he who endures to the end will be saved. And he said this, you may be saved today by God's grace, but unless you endure to the end, you will not continue to be saved. That is heresy. Because our salvation is not based upon what we have done. Our ability to persevere. It's based solely, solely upon Messiah's work on the cross. And therefore, we can have assurance. That verse, see, he didn't understand what he was saying. Yeshua, when he said that, that verse, Matthew 24, verse 13, he who endures to the end or perseveres to the end will be saved. What he's saying is this. It's a verse of encouragement telling us that victory, this, this deliverance from the enemy is coming at the end. So persevere. Be encouraged. Victory is waiting for you. It is not a statement that unless you endure until the end, you are going to lose your salvation. See, that word salvation, it can be used in a multiplicity of different ways. And one way that word salvation is used in the Bible is to speak of victory. It is not always being used as this one thought, as in the forgiveness of sins and being able to enter into the kingdom of God. That's one use, but not all. Look carefully at the text. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, many, are forgiven. And it's because of that, he says, that she loved much but to him who little is forgiven little he loves and there's the thing when we think oh well we're not perfect but we're certainly better than those people we're certainly better than those people as well in fact i'm just a, a little bit uh, not good but there's a whole bunch of people worse than me when we have that, we've totally missed out. We need to think more like the Apostle Paul who thought of himself as the chief of sinners. 
See, I know my mind. I know all of my sin. And therefore, someone else, I don't know all their sin. I don't know what they have thought that they shouldn't have thought, how they have behaved. And therefore, if we are thinking spiritually correct, based upon the fact that we know what we have done, how we have failed God, how we think in an unrighteous, ungodly way, therefore, we should always think of ourselves as the chief sinner. But when we are thinking that we're better than everyone else or better than most, well, this is how Shimon was thinking. And Messiah was not pleased with him at all. Look now to to verse 48. But he said to her, now Yeshua, he has told Shimon, see, those who are forgiven much, they love their savior much but he who thinks that that he has just been forgiven a little bit this one loves in a small way if we understand truth we should be big lovers great lovers of our lord and savior messiah and again we will want to demonstrate that love and one of the quickest ways that we will show our love for God is by agreeing with his standards, not trying to change things, not trying to, to explain the simple meaning of a text. In order to justify what we want, no, we are going to want to be pleasing to God and agree with him. Look at verse, verse uh, 48. But he says to her, your sins are forgiven so he says to her about these sins being forgiven and notice the response verse 49 and the ones who were reclining meaning those who were also at this this special dinner at the home of this illustrious pharisee he was illustrious he was respected but spiritually he didn't see things correctly And oftentimes, those whom the world upholds, God is not impressed with them. We need to be people who are submissive to the instructions of God if we want God to be well-pleased with us. So again, verse 49, And the ones who were reclining, they began to say among themselves, Who is this one? Now, I've shared with you a few other times when this word, hotos, appears in the Greek language, it means this. In this case, this one referring to Yeshua. Many Bibles will simply say, who is him? Who is this one? Well, it's emphasizing something unique when this word is used in regard to anyone, but especially in regard to Yeshua. So who is this one also sins he forgives? Now, when it says also, it means even. And what it's emphasizing is his position that he can forgive sins. Now, who is this one who forgives sins? Well, the only answer is God. And what we see over and over in the scripture is a tendency 
for the scripture to give hints and many of them speaking about the divinity of Yeshua meaning that that Yeshua is God he always was always will be and this simply is another indicator that the scripture speaks about the Trinity because even though we believe in three persons we believe in one God God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and when someone rejects the divinity of Messiah it is because either they are stubborn and rebellious or because they are spiritually blind and let me simply say when we tend to be rebellious it will influence our ability to see things correctly in a spiritual way and sometimes we just don't want to agree with God because we're all wrapped up in God agreeing with with us that is not the proper attitude so they were asking the question who is this one who who forgives sin verse 50 now Yeshua is going to speak directly to this woman but he said to the woman your faith has saved you now when we look at that word for saving it is in a very unique Greek construction the grammar is that which means that this forgiveness is ongoing it's not here today and gone tomorrow therefore her condition her being saved is not something that is going to be a reality today but maybe not tomorrow and maybe not next year no when we look at the grammar it teaches us that we can have assurance when he says your faith has saved you we see that faith saves eternally there is no partial salvation nowhere in the scripture does it say that and all the scriptures that people turn to when you look at them in the original context and what is being said it's clear that their faulty interpretations of them do not justify this position that one can be saved today and lost tomorrow nowhere in the scripture is that taught he says your faith has saved you and then go and this word for going means this it's in the passive why is that so important because she is being sent she's going but something causing her to to go and what is that her faith her salvation experience moves her in a specific direction and where is that he says go literally be brought into peace that's literally what it says don't take my word check the grammar in the Greek it's in the passive so he's saying here be brought into peace what is peace well I've shared that many times peace is related to the will of God so when we have faith God is going to save us that salvation changes us and if we truly have been saved then we are going to based upon this salvation experience we are going to be brought into we are going to move into the will of God why we're that new creation we have been born again regenerated and our new nature is a commitment to God's will this is what Yeshua is sharing 
with Shimon. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.